The Sensitive Man. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Sensitive Man podcast. I'm Simon Lim and on this episode of my podcast, you'll gain insights to the world of collecting and investing in luxury time pieces from two brothers who co-founded Watch Capital. Now, Watch Capital is a wholly owned subsidiary of private investment firm Polarin Holdings. At Polarin Holdings, Jared Ng is executive chairman and CEO. Investing in time pieces is actually a pretty simple business. Basically, I mean, you track the market and you make sure that you're buying it at least um, not at market price, but maybe slightly below um, the market. So I think a lot of youngsters are actually um, not going to the watch business, but they are thinking of actually um, investing in, in watches instead of real estate right now. Basically, every customer is treated the same at Watch Capital, be it uh, if you're dressed in your singlets, your slippers, or, you know, you're just coming in for a browse. I mean, we treat everybody the same. I always tell my retail assistants, you know, do not differentiate um, people from each other. Treat everyone the same and provide them with the same service. So I think a lot of people who come to Watch Capital, I mean, they may not have the intention to buy, but eventually we'll have a, a nice and lovely conversation about watches and, you know, the, the investment side of watches and, and collecting side of watches. So at the end of the day, I think they all work out happy. And Joseph Ng is President and Executive Director. Actually, um, business has been smooth sailing so far. Patrons have been walking quite often. I think it's due to our marketing. So our digital marketing, our PR, public relations team, um, we have actually been blowing up quite a lot on the media. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how we gain attention for, I mean, especially being a new company established in 2021 during the COVID-19 season, I think it's very important to have that. The reason why um, watches have been so hot recently is because um, I'll say number one is liquidity. It's very easy to uh, liquidate. Mm-hmm. I think money-wise, especially let's say if you put it in houses, if you compare it to watches, it's much more liquid. Hence, I think a lot of people are shifting towards uh, watches or luxury goods in general. You heard the voice of Joseph Ng, President and Executive Director at Polarin Holdings. And earlier, you heard Joseph's brother, Jared Ng, who's the Executive Chairman and CEO of Polarin Holdings. Well, I'm Simon Lim, and let's get into the full interview, for I'm sure you'll be surprised by some of the things you'll learn from these two young gentlemen, my special guests on the Sensitive Man podcast. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Hi, Jared. Welcome to my show. Hi, Simon. And hi, Joseph. Hi, Simon. Glad you guys can be on this podcast. Now, both of you share an interest in watches because, you know, of an introduction to watch collecting by your father. So give me some details. Tell me about your interest in business and how did it all start? Perhaps Jared can take this question. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, actually how it started is that basically my dad actually really has a strong passion for watches. Whenever we were um, going to uh, pre-own a watch, dealers or even the authorized dealers to buy watches actually my dad will actually bring us along so actually watches actually intrigued me from a young age because um, watches are mechanically wound so they do not involve any uh, battery so it was quite interesting how um, it was moving without the use of battery so that's what got me interested in watches mm-hmm. so the business side one day I was actually scrolling through on carousel and uh, I came across Rolexes uh, getting sold on carousel Instead, I was like wow our watches actually selling on carousel so I actually um, bought my first IWC over carousel and actually flipped it for profit uh, within two days 
So that was how it actually started. So uh, that's how I realized that actually you can actually make uh, money selling watches. Very entrepreneurial of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared and Joseph, both of you have an education in law. So why law? Joseph? Yeah, okay. So actually studying law helped us. For example, when we first started our rental um, tenancy agreement, uh, contract law actually helps us, let's say for offer and acceptance. And also I think in the future, it plays a very big role. For example, uh, for tax law, revenue law, um, it helps us reduce our tax and also revenue law itself, it helps us develop the company in a way where mm-hmm. it's more efficient. I'm sure that you know, law will be very helpful you know, pertaining to business because there's so many things that need to be addressed, right? Yes, correct. When you're running a business. Now, being co-founders of Watch Capital, how do you guys ensure you complement each other in business and resolve any differences? Okay, so I think me and my brother, uh, one is actually uh, more adventurous and one is more conservative. So I'm actually the more adventurous one, while my brother is the more conservative one. So we complement each other in a way by my brother is less of a risk taker than I am. So I'm uh, a bit more of a risk taker. In terms of business, I would say um, usually every business involves risk. It's just how you actually um, you know minimize your risk uh, and make it to your advantage, basically. So at the end of the day, I think me and my brother, I mean, whenever we are free, we always have a cup of coffee to discuss what went wrong, for example, mm-hmm. in, in the business or what went right and what we can improve on. So I think both of us really complement each other in a way by we always work harmoniously together. And of course, both of you are brothers. You sound quite alike. So that was yes. Jared <laughs> speaking, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm Jared. <laughs> now, I understand that Watch Capital showroom opened in February this year at Triple One Somerset, and it's been about eight months. So how has business been amid COVID? Nineteen restrictions. Perhaps Joseph can answer this question. Yes, actually, um, business has been smooth sailing so far. Patrons have been walking quite often. I think it's due to our marketing. So our digital marketing, our PR, public relations team, um, we have actually been blowing up quite a lot on the media. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how we gain attention for, I mean, especially being a new company established in 2021 during the COVID-19 season, I think it's very important to have that. The reason why... Um, Watches have been so hot recently because um, I'll say number one is liquidity. It's very easy to uh, liquidate. Mm-hmm. I think money-wise, especially let's say if you put it in houses, if you compare it to watches, it's much more liquid. Hence, I think a lot of people are shifting towards uh, watches or luxury goods in general. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Now, Jared, there's the perception that watch collecting is for older men. So how far is this true? This is definitely uh, not that true because I see the younger crowd actually investing more in watches too and collecting watches at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I think most of them actually just want maybe a status symbol uh, on their wrist. For example, um, once they've accomplished something in life or, you know, each of their milestones in life, you know, if they're close to a big deal, maybe they buy something to actually uh, reward themselves. So Mm -hmm. I think now perspectives of watches have changed a lot. And of course, I mean, Watch collection is one thing, but I think investing in watches is really a whole new different world where people are really um, exploring right now. So investing in timepieces is actually uh, pretty simple. Basically, I mean, you track the market and you make sure that you're buying it at least um, not at market price, but maybe slightly below um, the market. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of youngsters are actually um, not going to the watch business, but they are thinking of actually um, investing in, in watches instead of real estate right now. Um, especially uh, because uh, watches are really liquid, like my brother said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watches are no longer for older people, and, and watches, I mean, uh, are also for younger people right now. I mean, you don't have to spend, you know, 10000 20000 on a watch. It can be as simple as $4,000 for maybe a Panerai or an RWC. So watches are actually um, getting more and more affordable, I would say, especially the other brands like RWC, 
Tudors and Penrise. So I think the younger crowd is actually um, buying that, that market up. Okay. Uh, for and IWC, yeah. I'm sure that's an eye-opener for some listeners. Now, to give my listeners a better idea of your business, I think it would be great if you can elaborate on the kind of watch collectors who patronize watch capital. You know, like what is your customer profile? Perhaps uh, Joseph can answer this question. Yeah, sure. So actually, um, there are a lot of people who come to uh, Watch Capital Beat buying their first Rolex, first watch, mm-hmm. first luxury watch, or even um, collectors who have been collecting over a period of time. So I think most of the customer base in Watch Capital is actually um, those who are buying watches for their first time and they want to know more. So mm-hmm. what we do at Watch Capital is that we tend to educate them. So if they have any questions about the watches we sell or even the watches we don't sell, we try to educate our customers uh, all the same. Mm-hmm. And especially for collectors, if they really know the watches they want to buy or they are keen to buy, they'll let us know and uh, we'll try to source it for them. Tell me, what are some of the brands of timepieces that your customers request for? And do you think you know um, they seek for a particular sort of um, design, special feature or mechanical movement? I mean, I would like to start by saying that usually all of our customers uh, who come to Watch Capital, they all request for mechanical uh, wound watches, mm-hmm. automatic watches, basically, which does not require any battery to operate. So I think the brand that really sells the most in Watch Capital is actually Rolex. So, I mean, we have tried to carry a huge selection of maybe um, IWC, mm-hmm. you know, Penrise and other brands, but the only ones that are really selling is Rolex. And the reason why is that people actually think that it's also a good investment because Rolex actually raised their prices by maybe uh, 2 to 5% every mm-hmm. single year. So as you hold the, the watch itself, actually, the value of the watch goes up every year. So you don't have to worry about you know, losing an arm and a leg if you sell it uh, you know, two years or three years down the road. So I think, um, yeah, the brand that really um, screams in most capital is actually Rolex. And everybody, um, let's just say 90% of the customers actually, I mean, if we don't have a Rolex mm-hmm. in stock, they will actually request uh, for Rolex, but maybe a Daytona or even a, a date just, and we will definitely try our best to fulfill that order. Yep. Thank you very much for that informative answer, Jared. No worries. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Joseph, what advice would you have for the layman and new watch collector? Okay, so for a new watch collector, whenever they come to Watch Capital Showroom, we always advise them to buy a watch they like. I think that's the first priority. That's mm. the most important. Because uh, at the end of the day, for luxury watches, I believe they all go up in value. I mean, after a few years, be it five or ten years. So the most important thing is definitely to get what they like. For value-wise, I would say Rolex. Because Rolex, I would say, compared to other brands like Adidas, Piguet or Patek Philippe, is still relatively reasonable when you compare the price point and the quantum is outlay. I would say uh, for Rolex, uh, you can purchase sports models, those that are harder to get at mm. the retail store, like mm. um, Daytona, Submariners, or GMTs. So I think... That's the starting entry point for watch collectors. But also, um, there are people collecting Seikos, Grand Seikos, and they actually go up in value. So that's also something surprising um, to me, uh, I mean, at first. That's insightful indeed for my listeners. Joseph, what's the most expensive watch available at Watch Capital? And tell me why it's so unique, I mean, this particular timepiece. Okay, the most expensive watch that we have at Watch Capital is the Richard Mille RM11 FMTI. Mm-hmm. So FM means... Uh, it's actually named after F1 driver, Felipe Massa. And the watch is titanium and it costs 338000 Wow. The movement-wise, it consists of an annual calendar, which displays the date, the time and the month of the year. And um, flyback chronographs, which means uh, it's actually basically a stopwatch. 
And Jared, for the sake of my audience who are listening to this show, how can they be assured of the authenticity of a watch? I mean, could you also share an experience regarding the subject of authenticity and the source of where the watches come from? Okay, so basically, authenticity of the watch is basically uh, guaranteed by a watch technician. So uh, the watch technicians that we have, it's not in-house, but it's outsourced. So basically, they will act uh, either Rolex technicians or AP technicians that actually authenticate uh, every, each and every uh, watches that uh, actually go through uh, watch capital. So basically, if ever like a user wants to authenticate a watch, actually, they can actually um, we can actually pass them the contact and they can make their way down to the service centers or you know those uh, service centers or watch technicians to actually authenticate their watches. So these uh, technicians are actually very experienced uh, when it comes to looking at the movement of the watch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the watch movements, I mean, they're very intricate. So every single little detail actually counts. So these watch technicians actually have the like, years of experience to actually master different parts to actually ensure that each and every uh, individual uh, part inside the watch are actually um, genuine. Indeed. Very useful information. The Sensitive Man Joseph, it will be beneficial to educate my listeners about investing and trading in timepieces. So what are some do's and don'ts, you know, based on your personal experience? Okay, so my personal basic rule is that if the watch is easy to get at a retail price, at let's say um, the Rolex Boutique or the Patek Philippe Boutique, then don't get it because um, it won't go above retail price. The watches that we sell at Watch Capital, they are basically hard, harder to get at retail price, hence they go above market and that's why um, they are so hot and easy to sell. And Jared, what can you say about servicing watches, which is so important, especially if one is going to invest money in being a watch collector? Every watch collector will have to service their watch uh, eventually, maybe be it um, 10 years or 20 years later. Yes. I mean, keeping the watch running is actually really important because if, if it actually uh, runs maybe uh, too fast, you should actually send it in for servicing in case the parts inside uh, may be damaged. So some parts are actually uh, very expensive to replace. So if the, those parts are actually damaged, I mean, it'll be really costly. So I suggest to all the listeners to at least service their watch every five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rolex usually run for more than 10 years before requiring any servicing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you won't want to risk a broken part inside. <laughs> so <Sure. laughs> basically, if it actually requires any changing, the service technicians will let you know that, okay, maybe this part uh, has broken down or maybe the watch just requires uh, normal servicing with oiling up. So basically, um, just go through the, the whole service process and ensure that your watch is running smoothly. So it actually uh, will affect the resale value too. So you actually uh, make the resale value actually higher. Okay, Joseph, tell me about the business. Where do you see Watch Capital now in the product life cycle? I mean, is it in the introductory stage or growth stage? And how will you be seeing to the expansion? Yeah, I think we have just passed our introductory stage. Um, growing the brand, marketing, and uh, our PR campaign. So I think now it's more of the growth stage. Mm-hmm. And we actually plan by the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 to set up another two showrooms to run operations more smoothly and also a head office. Mm-hmm. And also, I think given the conditions uh, like COVID-19, I think it's also important for us to serve our customers uh, more conveniently. So let's say I'm um, out of town, like in the east or in the west. Mm-hmm. But we are mainly focused on uh, in town area where everyone comes during the weekend. Wonderful. And Jared, what's the customer journey experience at Watch Capital? I mean, for a new customer, someone who's new to the idea of being, let's say, a watch collector or investor, what happens when they step into your showroom? Basically, whenever they walk into the showroom, uh, they'll be greeted by my two uh, lovely assistants. <laughs> so basically, uh, what happens is that my assistants will walk through uh, 
with them, like which watches they actually desire. I mean, what kind of watches they want, which brands they want. And we actually educate them in a way about we tell them, okay, do you want to invest in a timepiece or do you want to just buy a timepiece simply just because you like it? And of course, we'll show them the, the selection of watches that we have at Watch Capital and let them make an informed decision uh, of which watch they actually eventually want to purchase. And also, the after-sales service happens when, um, for example, if the watch actually breaks down, Watch Capital actually provides a one-year warranty uh, on all our watches, actually, whichever watch that we sell. So, in case the watch actually breaks down, please just uh, bring it back to us and we'll definitely repair it for you free of charge. So that is uh, something that I think is really important because uh, it gives our customers a peace of mind after the purchase. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. So what valuable lessons have both of you learned since the early days of starting out, you know, just selling on Carousel and where you guys are right now? Um, I think the lesson I learned is basically you have to take risks. So, um, you know, the watch market is pretty volatile too. I mean, of course, it uh, increases, uh, you know, um, every year. But the thing is that we have to bet on which pieces, uh, time pieces to actually take in. So, I think one thing I learned is actually, um, yeah, to be actually a risk taker and try to um, study the market trend to see which watches actually go up in value more. And maybe we will actually stock more of those watches uh, than, you know, the other watches that um, don't really hold their value really well. Of course, now we are actually a full-time watch uh, traders and dealers. So, of course, uh, we have to be making uh, money here, studying the, the watch market really well. If someone wants to sell me this watch at this price, I have to think straight away, okay, is this the right price to take it in? So, I think it's a, it's a long journey, but of course, I mean, I think we are almost there already. Thank you, Jared, for elaborating on that. What watches have you guys personally been wearing lately? Jared first? Okay, so actually, I've been wearing uh, the Richard Mill RM11 Asia Boutique Edition. So, that one is quite a rare piece, so it's only limited to uh, 50 pieces in the entire world, actually. Wow. And the market price <laughs> for that watch is uh, roughly around $635,000. Oh my so goodness. It, it's a limited edition watch. It's a limited edition watch, so there are not many pieces floating around. Mm. So uh, I thought to myself, you know, after, I mean, eight months down the road, like, I mean, when I first started, that was actually the watch I really wanted. Eventually, I found one at a relatively good deal. So, I mean, I'm hoping to keep that for some time. Unless I'm offered a, a much higher price. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Joseph? Yeah, unfortunately, I've just sent in uh, my retro mail for servicing. So it's actually an uh, RM11-03 titanium. So it's basically the same as my brother. It's just a newer version and in titanium, whereas my brother's one is in white ceramic. And that sounds really wonderful as well. Now, I'm sure you get compliments from people regarding watch capital. So what do you think your customers and friends enjoy the most? To be honest with you, I think our customers and our friends, they enjoy the ambience of our place. They enjoy the, the service that we give. I mean, basically every customer is treated the same at Watch Capital, be it uh, if you're dressed in your singlets, your slippers, or, you know, you're just coming in for a browse. I mean, we treat everybody the same. I always tell my retail assistants, you know, do not differentiate um, people from each other. Treat everyone the same and provide them with the same service. So I think... A lot of people who come to Watch Capital, I mean, they may not have the intention to buy, but eventually mm. we'll have a, a nice and lovely conversation about watches and, you know, the, the investment side of watches and, and collecting side of watches. So at the end of the day, I think they all walk out happy. That's very reassuring, Jared. Thank you, yeah. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Now, what can you say about the future of horology from being in this business? Perhaps Joseph can address this question. Yes, I think the future of in the horology market is uh, it's a big business. Uh, recently, a website, chrono24.com, has actually been uh, valued at more than $1 billion. So I think one of the reasons why, is, like I said, is because of liquidity. And number two, mm-hmm. I think 
because um, watches, especially in the luxury market, they hold value. There's something like bags or like Birkin or Kelly bags, mm-hmm. um, MS bags. And you guys have got to give me a quote each, okay, that best describes your philosophy for business and life. Jared and Joseph. Okay, honestly, um, uh, my quote would be, the only way to be wealthy is to get ahead of the competition until there's no competition left. So basically, you always have to be one step ahead of your competition. I mean, of course, uh, in business-wise, I mean, uh, deals are done and mm. of course, the clients are kept happy. So, I mean, these are the small little things that keeps your clients coming back to your company. And you, Joseph? Yes, for me, I think it's uh, work hard, play hard, and don't let other people's opinion affect you. Because I think since young, there are a lot of people um, telling me, okay, don't do this, don't do that, or whatsoever. So for me, I think over the years, I've learned that um, just do my own thing as long as I'm happy. And I think that goes for every other individual. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jared and Joseph, brothers from Watch Capital, for being on my show on the Sensitive Man podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you, Simon. Simon. And what did I tell you? You can always learn something new on the Sensitive Man podcast. On this episode, you heard about collecting and investing in luxury watches. My interview was with the two brothers who co-founded Watch Capital here in Singapore. Watch Capital is a wholly owned subsidiary of private investment firm Polarin Holdings. At Polarin Holdings, Jared Ng is Executive Chairman and CEO, while Joseph Ng is President and Executive Director. Well, I'd like to wrap up this podcast by letting you know that if you enjoyed this episode, you may like to visit the website of Watch Capital. Just go to www.watchcapital.com.sg That's www.watchcapital.com.sg And check out their Instagram page, which is Watch Capital SG. Watch Capital SG. And don't worry, I'll include the link to their website in the text portion of this podcast. And yes, I'll also include the Facebook and Instagram links to Watch Capital so that you may follow them. Well, remember that it's been said that a gentleman's choice of timepiece says as much about him as a suit. This is Simon Lim, and thanks for listening to the Sensitive Man Podcast. The Sensitive Man. The Sensitive Man is a production of SPH Radio. I'm Simon Lim, your host and producer for this podcast. Special thanks to Joseph McDade for the music. You can also find this show on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. And now you can listen to The Sensitive Man podcast on audio. A-W-E-D-I-O for audio. Visit audio.sg.